You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Katerina Verdi. Katerina, thanks so much for talking with me today. Thanks, Brainerd, and thanks for having me on your show. We're talking in December 30th, almost the end of the year here. You're in Ridgewood, Queens. Uh, we're going to talk about your projects, but uh, how, how has the last year or so impacted your art practice, if, if I can ask that question? Um, well, it's, it's impacted it quite a bit. In fact, you know, it was such, it was kind of like, a, you know, being in a suction, sucked into a vortex, you know, of, of uh, uh, isolation, and so uh, it really did change how I started looking at things and uh, considering things because I also live in an apartment in New York, which is quite, you know, got fairly high ceilings, but I don't really have any views. And um, I have some views looking out on one barren landscape. And then the backside is, while it's quite luminous, it's got razor wire everywhere. So there's a bit of a gulag effect happening. Um, so, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, I realized, you know, I started getting up every day because I live alone. And um, I started realizing that, you know, as human beings, what, what, what's, what doesn't compensate with Zoom or any of these other modalities for communicating is that we're, you know, as human beings, we, we really rely on sort of the electrical charge between each other. And not having that and not being able to see, like, read other people's body language was also a real, um, you know, re- I really felt the lack of that, that kind of, even if you're not hugging somebody, you're still feeling that energy. So the way that that kind of impacted the work that I was doing, I, did, you know, started working, I had been working on this project called uh, Remote Viewing uh, and Recreational Vehicle. But then I started making it a project within a project, and I started, I, and I really wasn't even realizing I was doing it, but I was filming outside my window all the patterns, the weather patterns, the movement of the clouds, planes, and that sort of thing. And, um, and then I realized sort of I was inside the recreational vehicle, this place that's closed in and very isolated. Here I am in the middle of New York City but extremely isolated. So, um, you know, I started looking at the place that I was in as a kind of vehicle for it was the thing that I was making. So th- this was the, kind of the first step of that, this second aspect of this project that I had already started working on. So just the kind of not, not, not having the uh, physical interaction with people and sort of feeling the kinetic charge between other people, myself and other people, really did change the sort of tenor of, of uh, how I was approaching my work. Yeah, that's so true. And, There's something about, about, about not having that. I mean, even the, the, the masks, I, I interviewed someone who was uh, teaching a class about uh, the history of trauma in literature and art, and she said, you know, this is a pretty triggering class. And she said, I... I can't teach this class with everybody with masks on. She said, I, I, I can't read anybody. I, I need to see if somebody's upset or what's happening, and I, and I can't. So she said, I, I have to teach it on Zoom, even when the classrooms are open, because 
I need to read people, and that's part of what you're saying. Right? We, there's that yeah. electrical thing, but uh, there's also just without all those facial expressions, we're not really sure right. how people are feeling. I was wondering how how uh, children, you know, in elementary school, how the teachers were doing it with children, because you you have you wanted thirty kids in a class, and how do you how do you read that class? How do you read what's going on? And how did the children read the teacher? Because there's just this right. whole part of your face here. I mean, it's, it's really fascinating, and I wonder how it's going to affect things in the long term. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so know. curious about that, too. And uh, I suppose we'll see soon enough. And I, I want to yeah. talk to you about some of your recent work. Um, there was a performance that you presented in, in Ridgewood in Queens called Inside Remote Viewing and the Recreational Vehicle, which I know is an ongoing project. But that was just yeah. a few months ago you presented that. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Um, yeah, so I I was happily got a uh, um, New York City Artist Corps grant to present that. Um, and I actually presented it in my space um, which what I did was I closed off the windows that all the things, all the, everything that I had photographed outside and, and video, videotaped, uh, not videotaped, but filmed outside, um, now was closed off, and I reprojected what was behind the closed-off area. So, in other words, the outside was sort of addressing the inside architecture. And I closed off the very thing that I was then projecting. So this was a kind of a very interesting thing. Well, it was not you, you said it was a performance, which it wasn't. It was a um, three-channel um, video. Project. Video. Yeah. Um, I, I think that on my website there are some images of it on the front page. Um, so I had this one longer piece that I've been working on and is now about 20 minutes long. It's probably going to be 40 minutes long when it's done. And, well, I, I don't know if you know anything about remote viewing, but it is... Oh, a, a, a little bit, but very little. To, to me, what remote viewing brings up is uh, kind of uh, seeing things outside your, your visual range, right? If I'm inside the house, being able to see something that is outside of the house. Yeah, I mean, basically remote viewing as an actual thing was a um, a project that was developed by the CIA. And they hired these guys, Russell Targ, Ingo Swan, and another guy whose name I can't remember, who had this organization on the West Coast called Stanford Research Institute. And basically they, they used the term remote viewing to, because their idea was to use uh, psychic phenomena for spying purposes. And um, so it lasted from about 1970 to 1995, and it was fully funded by the government, I think to the tune of like $20 million a year or something like that. So well, well endowed, I think. Um, but the idea was to develop these remote viewers. And so it's something I've always been really interested in. Um, and... But because I think we're all remote viewing all the time, except the, the, the kind of the difference between remote viewing and natural clairvoyance or psychic phenomena, if you will, is that you know, they basically have a target and they will they have, they'll have a target. Say I want to uh, I'm going to I've got a target in Russia and I want you to give me some information about it. So you 
I don't tell you what it is, though. You just, you just, these people are focusing on the target. They might have an image of it. And then the person starts describing what they see, whatever it is that comes to mind. And so this, so, this is almost, almost psychic, right? It's we're, we're talking about kind of paranormal phenomena. Exactly, exactly. So I wanted to, you know, I, I was working with this idea, and uh, this is part of the, the, the video project. Um, and I started weaving um, ideas of, you know, psychic phenomena, um, psychology, and kind of fairy tales uh, together. And so first it's just like the first part of the video is just impressions and sounds and things that you're, you're wondering what's going to happen. It's like kind of non-narrative narrative, and it's taking you through the woods. It's happening, you know, I've, I've shot over the years all over, you know, in Greece and France and on the West Coast and East Coast, lots of different places. And um, so in this installation, I have this, very small projection of this non-narrative piece that I've been working on, and then larger projections of one is the what's what was happening outside the window, but now the window is blocked off. So now you're seeing the projection of what's behind the window. So uh, that becomes the interior of it, and the architecture is kind of talking to itself. I hope this doesn't sound totally confusing, but when you see no, it, I mean, I'll, I'll ask you when it does sound confusing, but it's it, it, it's kind of a complex thing. So, um, so so go on, yeah, because I, I understand yeah, the I mean, idea. Yeah, you're explaining of, that well. It has a kind of poetic. It has a poetic aspect to it. It's also got this feeling of, you know, there's a there's a feeling of strangely a feeling of freedom, meditation, and confinement, and so part of one one other part of the video is uh, showing. I, I've, you know, I don't know if you know that I, I I'm uh, French. I'm French and American, and um, so I've spent a lot of time in France. And when I when I am in Paris, I always go to this one zoo, uh, and that was built by Napoleon, and really has not been upgraded. And there are these monkeys that I go and I film, and I it's it's really pretty. Depressing. I was actually didn't even want to work with the footage because uh, these it's so they're such incredible beings. Um, but anyway, I have footage of them inside this inside this box essentially that I've created in in Queens, and um, so you get this feeling of like as the human. These are the narratives that we create. You know, they, we we box ourselves in. We put ourselves into these places. We close off the thing that we might be able to see, then we project something else onto the thing that's already there. You know, essentially what I'm, I guess what I'm also saying is when we think about cities, for example, you know, we've, we've paved everything over, we've put up these buildings, but underneath is a forest. And so there's a whole forest just waiting to happen. The earth is just waiting there. So we're pretending that none of this is there, that, you know, we're putting little adornments of, of landscaping around these buildings but in essence, what's underneath, it's just the whole forest is underneath. And the minute it can come back, it will. So I'm kind of addressing some of these issues that are like psychic, you know, using this kind of the idea of architecture, urbanism, and psychic phenomena as the things that are always there. We just don't see them. We're not tuned in because we just we think this is what's, what the reality is, the thing that we've paved over. 
you know, that's, now that's the reality. And the remote, and the, the remote viewing is kind of, in, 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 these, in these videos, these uh, kind of multi-channel videos are, are speaking more to, to the idea of, of, of forest, what's beneath our feet, what's outside of our field of view in terms of, uh, of the earth. Yeah, what's, it, what's outside our field of view? Yeah, because, you know, it's, I mean, even if you play a little game, a little, um, for example, it'd be a word search game, for example. You know, at first you look at it, you don't see anything. But it's right there. Everything is right there. Um, and this is kind of the same concept, you know, that everything is present at all times. But we, we've, created this, we've created these realities for ourselves, which are oppressive to us, to other people, to other beings. Um, so, you know, it's, to put it, you know, you, these proje- this project is not a little, you know, in a nutshell type <laughs> type deal. I can't explain it in a nutshell. But when you see it, there's something visceral about it in there. You really feel it on a kind of very physical level. Um, and so that, that's really what I go for. Uh, in my, and and, and so, you know, that's so interesting. And I get it. And I think you're being very clear about it. So when, when someone's immersed in, in an installation like this, they're, they're taking in what you're presenting but isn't it also a type of a type of learning? They're learning to see in a different way. I mean, just as remote viewing itself takes a certain kind of, or I, I suppose a very sophisticated kind of training. Are they are they being almost, if this isn't too much of a stretch, trained to see things in a different way when they're looking at your uh, exhibition and installation? Well, I'm not trying to train anybody per se, but I'm just. Uh, I'm just saying, hey, look at this. Look at this thing. Look at, look at how these things interact with each other. Look what happens when... Because the other thing that happens when you have a three-channel in, uh, installation and they're all at different times. So basically, you never see the same thing twice. You could watch it all day long and you'll never see because they're all on different timings. So suddenly you'll be looking up and there's a large projection of you know, clouds and razor wire and uh, and then the next thing is, you, you know, you see the monkey in the zoo and then, the, you know, the, the other installation, the other projection. You'll never see that combination again because it's just the timing is going to keep changing because one, one is 20 minutes long, one is 10 minutes long. one is Now, if I started them all off at the same time, of course, you would. Um, but if I didn't and I just started them any old which way, you'll never see the – and that I really love because – you're, oh, yeah, how does, this, how does this interact with that? Because uh, you do have these, these elements talking to each other, and I think that's the most interesting thing. I mean, you know, everybody's seen lots of multi-channel installations, but in this particular case, what was really moving to me was be able to be able to use the footage that I'd shot in this space and have it have a dialogue with the footage that I had shot before and... And that, to me, was, you know, kind of a, a real occasion to actually use this particular architecture um, to talk to itself, in a sense. Yeah, I like that. So, that's, that's clear. And, and so this is an ongoing project, right? This is something that continues to develop or, or get exhibited? Yeah, I, the, I continue to develop. And I, I, I decided that I would just keep showing it in different phases because 
this idea of just waiting until something was complete, I thought was like too precious in a sense. And I like to see, you know, it, it's, it's more exciting for me to try it out in different ways and in different venues. So um, I'm actually going to work with um, a musician that I've known for a long time. We're starting to work on a bit of sound. I mean, I have a lot of sound components in it that are ambient sounds, and I played with kind of like repetitive aspects of the, the ambient sound. Um, but now we're going to work together a little bit on making a kind of very minimal um, soundscape. We'll see how it works. I, I don't know. Well, you know, it's I'm a little scary because I – while I've worked with musicians before, it's, I, I'm a little bit, I, I don't want something to be an adornment. You know, I don't want it to be illustrative. So it's a little, I, I don't know how it'll work yet. We'll see. So that's what's happening moving forward. And yeah, that's exciting to, to hear about. And of course, there's links here for listeners to read more about this on your, on your website. Um, but this also feeds into generally how you work. We're, we're talking about one project, um, but there's other work you do, um, you know, in video and photography and, and text, uh, as yeah. well as drawings. Um, would you say they're all tapping into that? The, there's a similarity to these in, in, in how you're approaching yeah, I think the project so. I mean, that we're I, discussing. I I think so. I mean, sometimes people would look at my drawings and say, "Well, I, I don't know. I don't see the relationship to this at all." But um, I think if a person is making work there inevitably is a continuity because it's coming from that person. Um, so, and I think it's, you can put seemingly disparate things together and have them have a dialogue as well. So I, you know, I'm, I try not to stick too close to this idea of everything has to be like, you know, so curated in your your portfolio, as it were, you know, um, because I, it's not, it's not very, it's not so interesting. Right. For me, it's and, not that uh, interesting. I don't know. Maybe other people don't like that, but I, I can't help it. <laughs> no, I, don't, I, I think most artists don't want things curated that much. That idea of, you know, a body of work has to be so consistent is, I think, a little, a little dated in, in a way. You can, you can do whatever you yeah. want now. Um, yeah, I think that's great in so many ways. I do too. So, so some of the, I mean, I think you, I think you've made it really clear what's happening in remote viewing, and um, and some of that's again on your website for seeing um, the the images in remote viewing. Just to touch on that once more before we go, are are seem to be from all over, right? These are these are images from all over the world. Yeah, they are. I mean, uh, some of the I have footage from. I, I worked last in the, over the last few years. I went to um, Greece quite a bit because I worked in some refugee camps um, when in on the island of Leros, which is quite close to Turkey. And so <clears throat> I have a lot of footage from there and uh, different, you know, Athens and although that's not hasn't been completely incorporated yet into my into the project, but. Yeah, I have, you know, work, for, you know, footage from just different parts of my life as well. And it's, it's kind of, well, it's, it's, it's I, I'm hoping the piece will end up being, you know, about, it'll be about 40 minutes, I think, the whole piece. But, you know, I, I'm, 
It hasn't told me that it's finished yet. Well, that sounds exciting, and I, wait, I look I'll forward to hearing see. more about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it hasn't told you it's being finished yet, and maybe I cut you off. Is there is there is there something more you're thinking about what what will happen to it? Um, well, I'd like to get some. You know, I'm 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 this year. I want to focus on getting it shown in other venues, in in getting it out in the world more. So that's my my big push. Even if it isn't finished, I I want to have it be out there. And um, because I think every time people look at it, uh, people look every time people look at something that changes it inherently, and that that's that's interesting too. Just a look from, you know, it's like even actors will say, you know, you you, have, you could have a different audience, right? And then it changes. There's a kind of again, we're back to this kind of psychic phenomena of you know the you you know you affect. You, you know, the, 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 the watched pot never boils kind of thing, you know? Right, kind of, right, right. Whatever's be, how, how things are being seen uh, or if they're being looked at changes the actual thing. Anyway, that's... Absolutely. That's, that's, yeah, yeah that's, that's so fascinating and, and, of course, ties into all of this. I, I want to ask you one more question before we go, which is what are you reading at the moment? Um, well, right now I'm reading a book which I probably normally wouldn't have picked up, uh, but it's it's kind of pretty interesting. It's uh, N.K. Jemisin, uh, the fifth season. Uh, I don't know if you know her work. She's um, a science fiction writer, and she I've never heard of her before, but she's apparently very famous. Um, uh, so it's about another world. Uh, these different. It's a kind of metaphor for human life as well and and uh racial divide prejudice um but you know i'm not such a big science fiction fan but she's it's, she's quite a beautiful writer it's quite quite a good book so i i'm not done with it yet i'm in the middle of it <laughs> i can't give a good i can't give a book review but that's my well that's thank my you yeah right that does now. sound fascinating um Thank you, Katerina. I want to thank you for talking with me today and for your work. It's really been a pleasure hearing about this, and I wish you, uh, you know, great, great success with the continuation okay. of, of this project and more. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Brainerd. I appreciate it. Thanks. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.